What is up, everybody? Thanks for listening into the podcast today. So today we're going to be talking about leadership development, and this is episode two of our leadership mini series. Last time we talked about what do we mean by leadership? What is it? What is it not? Everything so that you can have a nice foundation going in these next couple episodes that you know what leadership should be thought of as what it shouldn't be thought of as, so that you can really go in and see hear the information in these episodes and sort of formulate your own opinion about leadership. Because that's also what we're looking to do. We're looking to educate ourselves about leadership so we can be not only better leaders, but understand the concept when we come across in our daily lives, because we will each and every single day. Now, when we talk about leadership, it's very much a developmental process. Now, obviously, there are nature factors at play, like nature versus nurture, in that some traits are just, when you inherit traits, some are just more conducive to becoming a leader. Now, I'm going to start with an article from the current biology journal, academic journal. Um, King and Johnson are behind some of the research in this. It's called The Origins and Evolution of Leadership. Now, evolutionary theorists have found that there are certain characteristics and things that make people more likely to be a leader or seen as a leader. Now, these are like charm, attractiveness, physical stature, things like that. that. That Your physical stature doesn't make you a leader. Obviously, we know that how tall you are or uh, charm or attractiveness, that doesn't really make you a better leader, but it helps people's perception of, of you. And we're going to talk about, about perception a lot later on in a later episode and how that's critical in being a leader and how you must understand perception. But people's perceptions involve those features. And when you see someone that's tall, you assume they're more uh, bold or extroverted, which are two key characteristics that leaders have been found to show according to these theorists you're perceived to be that automatically. And so while these characteristics aren't actually related to better leadership skills, they are perceived like that. So what evolutionary theorists and leadership are looking at is how does someone develop into a leader? What are the characteristics that people tend to inherit and that make them better leaders? Now, some of these are ambition and autonomy because a lot of evolutionary theorists and studies into leadership like to do neutral situations where they have someone step up and and take action in a situation and then people that follow that person step up. So one thing that they do is they use coordination games. These are these are situations where someone has to step up and take command and pe- people normally will and then the rest will follow that. So that's like a producer scoundrel game is what these two um, gentlemen call it in their article here. So producers are the leaders that provide for others. They are advantageous in in this case when you have many followers it's advantageous to be a leader because you can serve your own interests a little bit more but scroungers are the ones that follow and they're the ones that go that follow the direction that the leader tells them to follow so they use these coordination games to see how people step up in neutral situations to be leaders and what characteristics they show and naturally those characteristics include being bold being extroverted um, having high levels of autonomy and ambition, we mentioned that before. And all those make sense because all those make someone more likely to take action in a situation. And like we said before in the last episode, leadership is a verb and involves action steps. You become a leader by taking action. And so naturally, evolutionary theorists are concerned with what actions and what behave, what traits rather are associated with taking those actions. Now, one psychological concept that we should talk about here is heritability. Now, heritability is the extent to which differences in the appearance of a trait across several people can be accounted for by differences in their genes. Now, it's a very complex scientific definition, but 
basically heritability just discusses um, the tra traits that we inherit and how that trait appears in people and whether that is accounted for by evolutionary explanations. So when we're studying these traits, we study how heritable they are in people. Now, leadership, we can study that evolutionary stuff and the nature side of it all we want, but at the end of the day, it is the developmental process that really makes someone a leader and helps them grow into becoming a better leader. And going back to our leadership, enhancing the lessons of experience textbook by Hughes and Jeanette, there's a quote that says, most powerful lesson, the most powerful lessons about leadership come from one's own experience. And this is a theme we're going to talk about a lot in this episode, how your experiences throughout your life help you to become a better leader. And learning to be a leader never stops. The process of learning and growing as a leader never ends because we're constantly, be, we're constantly coming into new information, um, new interactions, and we continually have experiences that we can utilize as a learning tool. And you're never going to not have an experience that you can't learn from. And you're going to continually encounter these throughout your life. So the key is being able to use those experiences to learn from them and become a better leader. How can we use our experiences for the better rather than just letting them just go by us? Rather than just passively being a participant in them, how can we utilize them? And one key to making the most of your experiences is the action, observation, reflection model. Now... This action, observation, reflection model involves looking at experiences from three lenses. First, you say, what did I do? What action did I take? What behavior did I display? You have to know what you did. And this is an important first step, but just doing an action is, is not enough. Just doing something is not going to help you grow at all. The next step is observation. You know, what happens? How did our choice impact others, whether it be the people we were leading or following or whether it be those around us at the time that were also in the action with us? How did what we do affect others? We're analyzing essentially the fallout or the results of our actions in this scenario. And that helps us learn from experience a little bit more. We understand what happened to others as a result. So we might get a general idea of how that experience went based on what happened to others based on it. But the most important step of the action observation reflection model is the last step, reflection. That's when you sit down and you say, how do I feel about the decision in hindsight? And how am I viewing that decision in the current frame of mind that I am now looking back on it? Was it a good decision? Was it a bad decision? Um, excuse me, how did it affect others? Things like that. Because ultimately, you're not going to grow from something if you don't take a look at it and look at it through a different lens, view it, say, what could I have done differently? It might have been better. You may have taken a great action step. As a leader, you might have done something effective, really helped out your team, but could you have done it better? Could you have done it more efficiently? The textbook mentions a story here, uh, Colin Powell, uh, famous, very famous person in the military world, leadership world, and the textbook offers a story, and I'll share that with you because it was very useful for me in understanding how this process is important. So basically, Powell was at the end of one of his ranger courses for the military, and they were doing an exercise where they jump out of a helicopter, obviously with parachutes and everything. Now, Powell was in charge, and he, was he had to make sure everything went according to plan. So he, he said to everyone, make sure everything's adjusted, strapped in, ready to go. So they, the men were supposed to do their final check, and he finally decided, you know, I don't want to be responsible for something. So he took action. He didn't just do what he was told to tell them, to make sure, but he went and took action, checked each and every one's individual pa parachute pack. And in doing so, he found one man whose pack was not secured properly. And in doing so, he saved that man's life. 
so the lesson to learn from that is we obviously look at what Powell did. He took action and went and made sure that he did things his way and got, made sure everyone was safe. He stepped up and checked each one individually. That's what he did. In terms of observation, what happened? Well, he was able to save the man's life by identifying that his parachute pack was undone. And so he obviously affected that man positively and affected everyone else positively because everyone was able to share that experience together. Finally, reflection. How does Powell feel about that and look at it now? Well, when talking about it, Powell said, you know, mistakes happen in those high stakes situations where clarity sort of goes out the window and pressures rise and things like that. So when everyone else is distracted by the pressure of the situation or sort of just sitting there reflecting and taking things in, someone has to be willing to step up and be extra vigilant during the time. That's what a leader's supposed to do. A leader's supposed to play off the weaknesses of his followers. In this case, it was that they weren't necessarily focused in or extremely worried about it just because they were getting ready to go on this mission. And so his job was to be extra vigilant, make sure they were all right. So he learned to always check everything, no matter how small. And that was an important lesson that he learned by reflecting on this experience and what happened. So another thing to talk about in leadership development is utilizing perception to our advantage because perceptions are there and judgments are there and we do them whether we, whether it's voluntary or non-voluntary. Now, in talking about that, we have fundamental attribution error, actor-observer bias, perception, things like that. But we're going to have an in-depth conversation about perception because it's it's super important in leadership, and it's so integral in leadership that it doesn't it doesn't deserve just a brief mention in an episode here. We're going to talk about it in depth later on. So, obviously, we know that reflection is super important, and make sure you take that just in your daily lives. You can utilize reflection on your own experiences, no matter how big or small, whether you're leading others or not, this action, observation, reflection model can be utilized in all facets of life. So another psychological concept about leadership, these terms about feedback and things like that are single loop versus double loop learning. So single loop learning is where the people learning avoid feedback and are confrontational with anything that challenges their fundamental ideas or action. Now this is dangerous because it it blocks that sense of reflection that leads to adaptation and change for the better. Adaptation and change is good for leadership. Blocking that through single loop learning is conducive to ineffective leadership. If Colin Powell subscribed to single loop learning, he would not have reflected on that experience and he might not have checked for something small in the future. And that could have been dangerous. Double loop learning, however, means opening up yourself to criticism of your views. And we talked about this a little bit in the last episode how your followers have opinions and those opinions are very valuable and in most cases your followers know what they're talking about because they're also informed and if you're being a good leader you're educating them to the point where they don't need you as much they can be more autonomous because ideally you're not necessary for their success at the end of the day after you develop them to a point as an effective leader so you should be open to their criticism and be willing to adopt it because even though you might view accepting criticism or feedback as weak it's really not. It's the, exact, it's the exact opposite. Admitting your faults and fixing them for next time is even tougher and harder to do. So that's even more admirable. As a leader, to be able to do that, it sets a great example for your followers to follow as well. And the power sharing that that, that, that sets up, accepting the opinion of your followers, gives them a little more power. It makes them feel more valued. 
in turn, you're going to have less turnover. You're going to have increased loyalty to you as a leader and to the organization as a whole. So overall, double loop learning is integral in developing yourself as a leader. Because if you can't respond to feedback and can accept feedback and criticism, you're never going to become a better leader and the most effective leader you can be. And so if nothing else from this podcast, take away that learning has to constantly occur. People often say that learning is a lifelong process, but we don't really think about it in terms of leadership and learning from our experiences because we never really put it in the practice and we don't really have a formula to follow for utilizing our experiences as learning experiences. And it's important to know that it's not just negative experiences that you can learn from. You can learn from positive experiences because there's always room for growth. And that's why becoming a leader is a never-ending process because we're constantly learning. We constantly have new experiences, new ideas and thoughts coming to our heads, new people that we're interacting with. And we have to be comfortable facing those challenges, facing those struggles and that feedback to the point where we can leave our comfort zone and become a better leader in doing so. Because you can, leaders can develop this dangerous tendency to follow what they've done before. They're trying to true formulas, the same skills that have helped them in the past to rely on them now. And so they might face problems the same way. And that'll work in normal mundane problems that you encounter and low stress situations. But when you get a high stress situation, sometimes you have to adapt and you have to be willing to change your mindset, listen to others, play off of the followers and situation, going back to episode one, the interactional framework model, you have to be willing to play off your followers and situation with your leadership. And so leaders must be adaptable and they must learn from their environment. So learning is absolutely critical as a leadership and it's the most integral part of leadership development. So to remain an effective leader, one must never end the learning process. They must always be growing and becoming better. And if we don't allow the learning process to happen, we will not be utilizing our valuable life experiences as tools because ultimately our experiences are tools to growing and becoming better people and better leaders in our communities and societies. And so it's critical that we learn from our experiences and use the action observation reflection model or just in general reflect on those experiences. Now, moving on from learning and leadership development, when you talk about development and learning in general, one thing you might talk about is coaching and mentoring. So coaching is a skill that leaders utilize to improve their group's strength and to lead them towards achieving goals. You've come in, coach, come in contact with coaches all your lives. And it's not just your traditional sports coaches. It's also your, your directors, your teachers, things like that. Anyone that can help you, assist you in changing your behaviors or learning. Because the Blues Leadership Textbook defines informal coaching as, you know, forging a partnership, creating commitment from that person, growing their skills, promoting their persistence, and then shaping their environment to grow. So informal coaching is the contact we come in most often. Formal coaching is like formal programs you'd see in the business world. But on a day-to-day basis, informal coaching can occur all the time. It's when someone steps up and shows us how to do things and gives us feedback and advice on how to grow. And this can be beneficial, the coaching process, because sometimes we don't give ourselves a fair chance to grow and learn by taking feedback willingly. So having a coach there to give us that feedback and force us to change our ways, excuse me, and 
become a better version of ourselves can really help us. And then, of course, you have mentoring too. And mentoring is just a personal relationship with someone who helps you with address specific needs. So mentoring isn't coaching. They're not the same thing. Because coaching is, is more of a program and has a set way of going about things. Whereas a mentoring is just someone's there to help you. They're there to help you with different things. Whereas a coach seeks and follows procedures and policies, whether they're super formal or just something they made up in their head, they normally have a plan of action when influencing you. And mentors are more just informal. They're there and they're willing to help you through everything. And one of the last things I'll touch on here today are the three C's of mentoring. Confidence, competence, and credibility. So as a mentor, first you need to be confident. And you need to be confident in your skills and your abilities. And you also need to be credible. You need to have that. Some No one's going to trust you or follow your advice if you don't have that credibility yourself and you haven't done it and been there before. So you have to be confident and you have to be credible in those fields. So basically, as long as a mentor is credible and shows that they can be a positive example and is someone that you can follow, it's a great idea to follow them and build mentorships because ultimately you can learn from them and learning, once again, is the most important part of developing yourself as a leader. So for today's episode, I mean, just think about how leadership leadership is not a nature versus nurture. Leaders aren't born, but they're not also purely made. Because of perception, which we'll talk about a little bit later, there are certain evolutionary tendencies and heritable traits that make someone more conducive to becoming a better leader. <clears throat> Excuse me. And at the same time, experiences and growing from those experiences and learning is even more critical than those inheritable qualities. So while the nurture side of it is a little more important than the nature side, it's important to know that leadership is not nature versus nurture. We shouldn't be asking ourselves which is more important, but rather, how do the two interact to create a leader? And so before we go, I just want to once again reiterate and leave you with this. As a leader, you can become a better leader today by looking at your experiences, the things you do on a day-to-day basis, and just sitting down and reflecting on them. What did you do? How did those, how did those actions affect others? And would you change those actions at all? In what ways, how big or how small would you change those actions, whether they be positive or negative? It's a simple process, something that can be done at the end of the day via journaling or just as you go on your phone. If you do something, you're like, oh, maybe I, that wasn't the right thing to do. Just take a minute, write it down, reflect on it. Because ultimately, the more you learn, the better you get, the more informed you get. And the more informed you can be, the better you can lead others, the better you can relate to them. So thank you again for listening to today's podcast. I hope you learned a little bit more about leadership development, how you can develop as a leader within your own life and just develop in general because leadership development is incredible in the business world and in leading situations, but it's also something that when done on an individual level can help you succeed more and just be a better person. So that's all for today. Stay tuned for our next episode, which is talking about skills for developing yourself as a leader. But that's all for today. Thanks again for listening.